Well, the pleasure's all ours. Great to have you back with us after yet a Jaguars, uh, another OTA. They begin their second week, and uh, it's Rick Blue Hayes, Caroline, Death Taxes, and Duval. We saw our buddy out there, John Spicklemeyer, as well. And I uh, tell you what, Hayes, a little bit hotter today than last week. Yeah, a little bit hotter uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, it was good seeing John Spicklemeyer out there. He was bringing his uh, sons out. One of them is trying to become a long snapper. So the Jaguars were very gracious uh, in, uh, in allowing him to uh, get to meet uh, Ross Matizic, who obviously has done an outstanding job long snapping for the Jaguars. And so that was very cool. And again, John Spicklemeyer is a great resource for all your car insurance needs. Uh, give him a call at 471-7155. And... Uh, Check it out. Make sure that uh, you're not paying too much for car insurance. And I can tell you from personal experience, John has saved me hundreds of dollars. Uh, so you owe it to yourself to give him a call. Save some money. 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And boy, it was hot. Uh, it was good, though. It, you know, it was good to see uh, another addition. Uh, you know, obviously, it's been eight days since we were out there. And uh, hard to form any real narratives, Rick, you know, when we're only seeing glimpses here and there. But, uh, you know, it's it continues to be encouraging, I think, by what you see on the whole. What were some of your impressions? Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, it just feels like a different camp. It feels like a different OTA where you can see the advancement. And I think that's even coming in with. Uh, some of the things that they are doing, particularly when I look at Trevor Lawrence, just some of the way he's going through drills without getting into uh, specifics out of respect for the the Jaguars as an organization that does not want us uh, to do that, but just different ways of going about it. It, it feels like if there was ever such thing as uh, baby steps to the first pick in the draft or bringing him along slowly, that that's clearly long gone here now. In uh, in year three for Lawrence and in year two with his staff, but uh, you know they they just look so talented. The wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, even catching the back, uh, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, I, I obviously don't spend a lot of time going inside the offensive and defensive line because I don't think you can really tell what's going on without the pads. But you know, skill position wise, this team right now looks like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I was surprised Cam Robinson was back out there. Uh, were you at all surprised uh, that Cam Robinson elected to participate and 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 really didn't seem to be overly uh, bothered? I mean, he was wearing a sleeve and not a heavy brace on the knee. Uh, but what were, what were your thoughts on seeing Cam Robinson back out there? Yeah, that was a surprise to me. Still no Josh Allen, as expected. Evan Ingram with the franchise tag not there. And again, that was expected. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get some sort of information on, uh, on cam. And I know you ask as well, but it just seems like everyone at this particular point, is kind of hush hush. And I, I guess they're waiting officially on what the NFL is going to say, but uh, I watched them a little bit, watched them do some running off towards the side, um, you know, with some uh, offensive linemen that are, that are in the recovery period uh, that included Ben Barch and that included, Josh Wells. And again, with the naked eye, kind of tough to really figure out anything uh, that is going on right now overall uh, as far as his health. Um, but I did find it interesting today, you know, and, in, in, you know, watching uh, some of the practices with Dave Campo, something he said that I thought was intriguing is that he looked at the rookie uh, Anton Harrison and thought that his feet move like a left tackle, not like a right tackle, although he is, in, you know, incredibly athletic and in that that transition 
probably won't take as long as it may for others. Yeah, I've always felt this way, Hayes. I don't care what it is when it comes to the offensive line. I don't want to say I'm dumbfounded, but there's a lot of things that go on there that I just don't understand and I, I don't visually um, you know, see it or, or, or know what to actually look for. I mean, if we're talking about routes, or we're talking about catching a ball, we're talking about you know, doing things like that, uh, having vision as a tailback, that, that all comes fairly easily to me. But that offensive line can be complex, and uh, I thought that was an interesting point today made. Uh, by Dave Campo, obviously not on Cam, but on the first round overall pick, who, of course, is the starting right tackle. Yeah, the other thing that I think is is really interesting as well about Cam Robinson is it does make me wonder if the light has kind of gone on in the sense of if he does get suspended uh, for PEDs, I think his guarantees go away. I think that's Mm -hmm. part of the contract. And if that happens... If if he doesn't win the job, he might get yeah. just flat out released. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, there's no way he's going to make the kind of money on the on the street as a free agent that he has that he's that he would make this year with the contract that the Jaguars gave him. Uh, so I almost wonder with Cam if it's sort of like a uh oh, uh, I better get out there because if they figure out that. Walker Little and Anton Harrison are the guys. I may not have my paycheck, um, mm-hmm. and so I'm really curious to see if uh, if if Cam Robinson is has sort of reached the point of I, I got to win this job. I mean, I, I've got to make sure I've got to do whatever I can do to win that job because obviously, if he's a starting left tackle, if it's, if that's what they feel like, if everybody was available, Cam Robinson would be the the left tackle. Then he he's safe. But if they get to a point where they feel like he's not, then it does really make it interesting in terms of would you keep him? I, uh, you know, or and so I, I am curious. That one to me was it. It kind of seemed to me that might be a player saying, "I've got a, I've got a job to earn, or I'm in trouble." Yeah, and I, I wish I had some sort of feeling on this. I guess the one that I do have would be not a good one. And, you know, I can go back to the Thursday before the draft and the way that Trent Bulky answered that question about Cam Robinson when no one at that particular point knew that anything was going on. I, looking back on it now, I, 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 I sense disappointment. I, I, I sense aggravation. And, you know, it's one thing to get popped. It's another thing to get popped for exactly what happened. And, by the way, the NFL – feel free to make a freaking decision. This isn't the NCAA where, you know, we heard forever that they're totally understaffed and they're totally underfunded. That's not the case with the, with the NFL. And I don't know if they went back and took a look at the original exam and maybe they sent to some other uh, doctors or whoever to retest it, but what are they waiting on? I mean, it's the off season. You would think that they would have their information to determine it's going to be six games or it's going to be four games or no matter what it is, he's allowed to practice. He's not allowed to practice. He's allowed to play in the preseason games. He's not allowed. I'm sure that's aggravating them as well. So it would be nice to get some sort of clarification by the NFL so the Jaguars can take that next step. I still think they're adding an edge. I still think they're adding a slot corner. If they do flat out release 
Cam Robinson. I mean, then you're looking at like guys like Josh Wells as your swing tackle. So I, I got to believe that that's something else that they would have to do is is go out and find a veteran somewhere that they could bring in, uh, you know, to uh, to be that third guy if there was a situation where one of the top two tackles went down. Yeah, and and I'll also say this: it makes no sense to me that Josh Allen isn't showing up for this stuff. I I get it's voluntary. Uh, I understand it's his right to stay away. Uh, it's also the Jaguars' right to be irritated about that if they are, and certainly uh, have it weigh in when they decide on you know a contract extension or not. It's hard for me to believe that now. I gave Josh the benefit of the doubt last week and said, well, you know, he's a great family guy. Maybe there was something going on. Uh, you know, to now not be out there again. Uh, and again, there's no indication that he was out there at all last week. You know, it's not like the Jaguars posted video on their social channels of Josh Allen participating on, you know, some some session last week. So it's I think it's fair to assume he has not been there. Uh, I, I think that's a gigantic error, just a gigantic error on Josh Allen's part. I mean, what are you doing? You're I mean, you're trying to get to a point where this franchise invests big money in you. And you're pouting, you know, uh, wh- I mean, what, what has he done to earn a, a lucrative second contract? I, I just, I find it to be, I understand it's his only, it's his right. And, and I understand it's his only way to uh, bargain at all in terms of his participation. But I just think it is a, I think it's a massive miscalculation on Josh Allen's part. I think he should be here. I think he should be going through everything, uh, leading the way, uh, and showing the Jaguars, look, I'm a guy that you can build this around. Uh, And and by staying away, I I just think it's sending just a terrible message. I understand he's working out on his own, but I just think it is a massive mistake. I think he's getting terrible advice. Yeah, and that's got to be it. I mean, year two with Walker, you got a rookie like Abdullah who I had a chance to catch up with today, and that was one of my questions. I know Josh Allen is not here. You know, tell us about some of what the veterans have said to you, and you, you would uh, you would expect that and want that in a guy like Josh Allen to to right now really take over and and help the rookie who 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 knows right now on the on the depth chart. You know, he's probably the third. Overall defensive end, uh, I still think that'll change before the start of the year. So, yeah, I have to believe that it's a, a, a contractual situation where he wants his and has he earned it? Well, that's a healthy conversation. I, I think he's been very average, uh, certainly not uh, above average. I mean, he has, he's shown it in a, in a glimpse here and there, but it, it does make you wonder. It really does now. All of a sudden, you know, Cam Robinson, Josh Allen, two high contract guys, two big names on this franchise. Is is that the direction that this organization is going? With those two, with so many other key players that they're going to have to resign uh, beginning next March. So, yeah, I think it's a mistake uh, that he is making. And I don't know if it's going to speed up anything whatsoever as far as negotiations. But this stuff happens around the league, not as much as it used to. I was looking at prominent names, guys who have missed OTAs, and unless it's a franchise tag situation, there's less than 10 uh, with 32 teams, prominent players who are, for one reason or another, are not out there. So, 
Um, he also hurts the team. This let me throw out this hypothetical. Yeah, you know, what if uh, it, it's two weeks from now and it's volu- you know it's mandatory minicamp week, and all of a sudden this year Doug Peterson's like, ah, uh-uh, we're going to give it a go for three days. Some of my key veterans miss some time, and uh, we're going to practice as opposed to canceling it like you did a year ago. I think business wise, teammates get it; they understand it. But I also think that within that locker room, and if they're expecting to get an extra week off and be able to go out and do whatever it is that they want to do because one player is taking care of himself, I, I wonder if that could also be an effect in the locker room. I mean, this stuff happens time and again. You got to keep, you know, you got to take care of yourself. But that's something else to kind of keep an eye on here to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand it with Evan Ingram. He was, you know, franchise tagged. He hasn't signed that tender. So, yeah, until he signs that tender, he's got to stay away. Uh, he's not under contract. But I, I just do not get it for Josh Allen. If, if he was a star, if he was coming off a 12-and-a-half sack season, uh, I'd be in his corner. And I'd be like, look, I mean, they need to pay him. This is ridiculous. You shouldn't make him pay it, play on a fifth-year option. Uh, he, but I don't think he's earned it. I don't think he's earned a big deal. Now, if he wants to sign something reasonable like Devon Hamilton did, then you know that would be different. But you know that's not the case. You know he's seeking elite uh, edge money. And so I, I just – it's just hard for me to, to – your, to your point, it's hard for me to – have a lot of uh, faith in this decision that it's going to benefit Josh Allen when he just hasn't been good enough to to have this sort of, I'm a superstar, why are they not paying me like a superstar? Which is the message that you're sending uh, when you don't participate in this. And again, I get it's voluntary, but everyone else is there. You know, what I mean, yeah. so it's, uh, you know, so it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. But, uh, you know, we'll see where it ends up going. I, I am curious, how was uh, Yazir Abdullah? Uh, he was good. He, he, you know, he's a little quiet, uh, you know, almost unassuming in a way, um, which is good for a rookie, particularly a fifth round rookie. But, you know, he's a guy that's full aware of his label of being undersized, that it's created a little bit of a chip. On his shoulder, I think the best part of my conversation with him was that he understands that he's got a tremendous opportunity. We know he's a fifth rounder. I mean, everything we just took a look at there on that defensive line, if the light goes on and if he can get to where they want him to be, uh, this is a guy that could really do some very good things in year one. Would I bet on it? Certainly not early, not the first eight, 10 games. I mean, again, he's a, He's a fifth rounder, but uh, I think there is a time and a place where, you know, maybe things do happen for him in his first year. I was really surprised. I mean, he, he is not a, he's put together. He's physically absolutely put together. You know, we've talked about his length. He's just under 33 inches as far as arms. Um, but when I stood with him today, I was a little bit surprised uh, just by the look. He is definitely a guy that is going to hear about being undersized uh, throughout his career. And obviously by playing well, that will change that. But I enjoyed the conversation. He's a phenomenal athlete. There's no doubt about that. And of course, he's from Miami. Uh, His dad played at the University of Florida. He went off to Louisville. So he's back here. So he's used to the conditions, and and that won't hamper him. But you start looking around. I mean, you look at those two fifth rounders, 
um, with him and Johnson, that there's opportunity there for both those guys to really step in at some point and help out this football team. So it's going to be pretty intriguing. Now, how about you today? You sat down with Christian Kirk, I believe. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Christian Kirk, I think, is really interesting in, in this sense. He's kind of the forgotten guy because of Calvin Ridley. And there's this narrative of, and, and look, I, I subscribe to it, that Calvin Ridley is this unbelievable receiver, 1,400-yard receiver, and, and he's going to be this number one. And, Cal, and Christian Kirk kind of unfairly, I think, gets lost a little bit. He's coming off a, a career year and catches yards and touchdowns. He had 84 receptions for 1,108 yards and eight receiving touchdowns. And he's still just 26. And Rick, we've seen it a lot with free agents that that arrive in Jacksonville. A lot of times, year two is way better than year one. Now, I don't think that'll be the case with Christian Kirk, because his year one was a career year. But I get a sense that Christian Kirk is is sort of this underrated kind of almost guy that's being taken for granted. And I think he could have a gigantic season. Keep in mind, he had 1,100 yards last year when Trevor Lawrence needed half the year to kind of find himself. So now with a what you would like to think is going to be 17 games of good Trevor, uh, maybe even elite Trevor, I think Christian Kirk could have a huge year. So it, w- it was fun catching up with him. Uh, Doug Peterson was great as well uh, when he talked about Christian in terms of being you know a pro's pro and, and a guy that they can lean on for his leadership and just his comfort now within the scheme. I mean, he knows it obviously backwards and forwards. So Christian Kirk to me is a is a player. Don't just assume all of a sudden, not that you would, but I'm saying for fans, that all of a sudden this is going to become 65 catches for 900 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, I think even with Ridley, Christian Kirk's numbers could even improve uh, based on last year. So fun catching up with him and getting his thoughts on all that. Yeah, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, I, you know, for one reason or another, I, I just think numbers will be down a little bit only because I think Jacksonville is going to have a lead and they're going to run more uh, in the second half. I don't know. Only time will tell. I, I, I would still, I guess, bet on, uh, uh, you know, bet on Trevor going north of 4,000 yards. Does he go north of 4,500 or towards 5,000 yards? If so, those wide receivers' numbers are going to be phenomenal. But it's it's not too often that, and I'm not saying the disrespect card, but if you look at Christian Kirk, a year ago at this time, the talk was he's overpaid. He's never had a 1,000-yard season. Well, they paid him a ton, and he lived up to the expectations. He had a very good year, but now all of a sudden you bring in Ridley, so he does get bumped down a notch. It's not too often that privately you feel like, okay, um, I'm a number two now. They went out and got someone else, even though they paid me. I, I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on with him. I hope so. I mean, you want that – out of anyone as far as the competitive nature uh, within them. But, uh, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, these free agents, especially in the Trent Bulky era, um, the group three years ago was much better a year ago. Last year's free agents as a group, for the most part, was really, really good. And if they can improve in their second year, then that's going to end up making this football team that much better. Yeah, I agree. And and the other thing ab- about it, the dynamic that's unique is Christian's glad Calvin's here. I mean, 
Uh, he embraced the trade when it was made. Uh, Doug said earlier today that, uh, you know, how much Christian has embraced Calvin. And Christian in the interview is, is, makes a clear point of, you know, that we don't, you know, we don't have egos in this room. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled Calvin's here. But it's interesting because there's that balance. Because you can also tell that Christian Kirk has, has an edge, that he is underappreciated. And I, and I think he's always had that. I don't think it's, it's new necessarily. But it is interesting that, you know, and, and he's talked about it in comments a couple times this offseason with various media about, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I don't get the respect that I feel like I, I should get in this league. And so I think it's really interesting. We know Calvin Ridley is going to be incredibly motivated after the suspension. I think Christian Kirk is is right there with him. I don't think there's any sort of resting on the laurels of last year uh, in terms of in terms of having those career numbers. So I think it's a great, you know, it's not a problem. I just think it's a great situation for the Jaguars to have because I think you've got two players that are in a very positive way kind of feeding off of each other uh, without there being any sort of issues about uh, targets or, or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, all the right things are being said. I, I, I think, uh, you know, winning fixes everything. I think if you lose and all of a sudden issues like that could happen, but I don't see that happening. You know, I don't see that being a part of what's going on around here. Uh, for the most part, obviously, I believe this team is going to win more. Uh, then they do lose. I, you know, Calvin Ridley today spoke to us as a group, and uh, I loved one of his answers. He was asked about, you know, OTAs wrap up here in two weeks uh, after mandatory minicamp. What, what's your plan? And he said, I'm getting ready to work harder now than I've ever worked in my life. I, I want to find a, a great place to train, but that six-week period or whatever it is, where a lot of guys get away and do whatever. I I think also, you know, the league has changed so much that uh, 25, 30 years ago, guys would get back into camp, um, you know, to, to try to get in shape. Uh, That is not the case now with these NFL players. They're ready to go, but just to hear him say how important he believes it is uh, to work as hard as he is going to was a, I have to believe for Jaguar fans, very refreshing thing to hear earlier today. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent points. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Do you want to thank our sponsor one last time before we get out of here? Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give my buddy John a call at 471-7155. He'll go over your policy. Uh, he'll he'll fill, figure out if anything's changed in your life that could have affected your policy, maybe save you some money. And he'll either tell you one of two things. I've saved you money or uh, you got a great policy. There's nothing I would change. And you go about your business but uh you owe it to yourself to give them the call uh because you can't save hundreds of dollars trust me uh and so give john a call 471-7155 spicklemeyer insurance agency and yeah it was great seeing him out there and his uh in his two boys stay at jaguar practice that was great and ross matizic was fantastic with him as you would imagine so uh so yeah that was a lot of fun and uh rick i guess we'll uh we'll do this next week when we're back out there i believe on monday yeah looking forward to it uh another week of this a mandatory mini camp so uh, heck, uh, before you know it, well, we're a day away from June. That's absolutely unbelievable. All right, folks, as always, we do, do want to get your uh, your comments and your response. Uh, Blue1010XL. Hayes, once again, how did they get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, please reach out at Hayes Carlion. All right, folks, uh, as always, we do thank you. It's a great time of year. Uh, we'll have much more coming up next week as well as the week after. In the meantime, please send all your comments to us and 
We'll talk with you next time right here on Death, Taxes, and Duval. So